What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, September 8th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Southside Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I guess I'm going to try to be the Pippin to your Jordan for your flu game today, Zoe. Yep, I'm, I'm struggling. And K-Fids is drafting a bunch of kickers in his big money fantasy league. And then... Rounding out the squad, as always, the new guy, NASCAR Mitch. What's up, NASCAR? Pretty good. I guess that makes me Steve Kerr. So that's actually, that's actually a pretty solid. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, we got a lot Nor to talk about. Talk the intro this time either. So we learned from last week. We did. <laughs> it's all about building blocks, Mitch. That's right. It's all about building blocks. That's what, how we get to where we're going, bud. Um, I have a feeling that our confidence scores in the White Sox are going to be a little bit different this week than they were last week. Uh, We're going to get into that. Uh, Cubs had a a great debut from a a pretty highly touted prospect that the bar was set and he he delivered. He looked good. I watched it. Um, That and much, much more. So let's uh, buckle up and let's have this guy. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, so you'll be the first one to find out when the White Sox clinch the AL Central. Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Turn on those push notifications. Also, the show is brought to you by us. A lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of our own money go into this show, ladies and gentlemen. So show some love on the pin tweet at Pinwheels Ivy Pod. And also there is merch still floating around somewhere. I think you can still buy it. I'm not really sure. But <laughs> give it a go. Uh, all right. Well. I mean, I hope you didn't just like give the that uh, notorious Pinwheels Ivy negative bump to the socks. There's a... I don't see how. I mean. It's this Dude, season. They're hanging around. I mean, like you said last week, you were down to like a what, like a two point seven five, two point seven five or something. I was thinking about it today. Um, I'm looking pretty good now with that uh, with the five you are, there. You're looking. That was a solid. So since our last broadcast, uh, the White Sox beat Kansas City on that Thursday. They took two out of three at home versus Minnesota, and then they just. The series that I was really sweating in this last stretch, they went into the Emerald City, Seattle, and took two out of three. And it's not just that they won two out of three. It's how they won two out of three. In Seattle, who is, you know, by all means, they're gearing up for a playoff push themselves, a playoff run themselves. Hot team, young team, good team, all phases. 
I mean, this was a, a playoff caliber type series on the road, on the West Coast, where the White Sox do not play well historically. It was really cool, man. I mean, they come in Monday night. Actually, let's, before we dive into it, how you guys doing? How are we feeling? We good? All right. We're feeling All a lot right. better now, yeah. Yeah, feel good. <laughs> feel good. <laughs> I just feel like I just like dove right into it. Like we needed like a little buffer there. The audience I, doesn't give a rat's ass about how we're feeling. They, they that's came true. The they're they're excited. Yeah, socks do this because I think they like the last like four broadcasts. We've been like, I mean, socks. They're done. It's over. We were wrong about them. <laughs> they're yeah. dead. When Steve Stone said, "Enjoy the ride," it truly has been I mean, a ride. Like it's been a roller coaster of a season. It's in every unreal. Sense of the world. And I hate I'm, roller coasters to begin with, but like this has not been an enjoyable ride. But there's been I'm a with lot you of on that, Mitch. Now. I'm not a roller coaster guy. I gotta take this hood off. I can barely hear people. Oh, especially those amusement park ones where they're slapped together by a bunch of teenagers and there's a couple bolts. Like I will not go on any of those. The no, ones that they can pack up and travel and. There's that video that came out this week yeah. in India, that thing that goes up and down, like it looked yeah. like a flying saucer went up and it just, it came down, no brakes, just plop. It's probably like, uh, I mean, for you guys, as Sox fans, you guys are obviously feeling it day by day. It's probably like the old uh, Iron Wolf at uh, Six Flags. Yes. It's bumpy. You know, it's going to hurt you all the way through. You get yep. some enjoyment out of it, I guess, mm -hmm. hopefully by the end of this season. <laughs> You're saying, thank God it's over. Yep. For some <laughs> yeah. people listening, it's like prom night. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm glad your mic kicked in like super loud on that. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think we need to clear the air on something here because as the White Sox have been turning it around a little bit, I saw a little bit of it. You know, uh, I don't subtweet Mr. Loaf, so you were you were one of the parties I'm speaking of right now. But some people. We're tweeting out things like, you know, all those people that jump ship or whatever. We don't need you anyways, which is fine. I get it. I get it. People are fired up, whatever. But I don't subtweet. Um, I knew you were out there, too. I didn't even see you in the comments. I just knew you were out there. But I think there's a, a big difference That's to be made presence. about people that, you know, were like, I'm done with this team. I give up on this team, whatever. And then people that were, like, really frustrated with this team. You know what I mean? Like the frustration is completely, completely to me, just like understood. And like, I get it. Cause this season without a doubt, even if they make the playoffs or if, and when they win the division, this is still like a, a colossal letdown of a season. Like they should be 20 games up right now. You know what I mean? Like totally. This should just be up. Right. Well, yeah. They should, <laughs> just in general, let's, let's start there. They should just be up. And I mean, I, for one, you know, I don't hold back very often on the show ever. And I've shown my frustration throughout the season with the team. I don't think anybody here, at least I can't, I will never speak for an entire fan base, but I don't think anybody here ever like quit on this team. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, Mitch is sitting there at fucking games where they're losing 21 to three, you know, like, I I still watch every game. It's been really cool watching every game with my son because he can tell like when I'm getting excited. Like today's game, Wednesday's game against Seattle is a perfect example. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on on that TV screen, but he knows like I'm getting into it. Right. And like he starts getting pumped and it's fucking super fun to see. And I mean, that's part of the reason why I think I've hung in there as much as I have, but we are. Yeah. Okay. Beef. Very good. I, this was exactly where I was going. The people that 
Beef said the fucking idiots wishing they missed the playoffs are the main focus of my ear. Ire? Ire. Ire. Look yeah. at you, Beef, making me say hard words and shit. <laughs> um, Those three letter words, they're very tricky. It's really Beef, weird, drop, but... drop some old English in there to really confuse <laughs> a, a random he, E. At the but I agree with him here where that's, I don't understand that train of thought where people are like, I hope they the White Sox miss the playoffs. Because this will really shake shit up, and this will really get them send a message to the <laughs> the top that they need to do this and do that. It won't. Like yeah, like wrong, wrong franchise, wrong, wrong franchise wrong. to try Every, to pull that. Everything about that is wrong. And if this is truly like your favorite team, if like you are like a diehard fan or you consider yourself a diehard fantasy, you never want to see your team miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was a diehard Cubs fan, I'm still sitting there like I know all the one fits are being like. Well, if they win this and they do this, they'll finish on this note, and then this. I was doing that when yeah. they had that uh, at the end of like August when they were winning all those series in a row. I'm like, all right, Padres keep you, you don't know, folding here. <laughs> you don't wish me personally. This is how I my folk. You don't ever wish your team to lose, and especially like all I just said, the White Sox. That's not that team, man. They can not win a game the rest of the season. Finish like in like the last place of this division. And they won't change the way they go at anything. No. What have they ever changed? It's like Reinsdorf run operation. When have they ever been quick to make change? They no. seen the playoffs isn't going to change that. Uh, I mean, look, I'm never going to tell anyone like how to fan for like the people that right. like jumped off the ship or have been frustrated. It's been a frustrating season. Like I, I don't blame them unless it's doing the wave. Then I'll tell you how to fan. Don't do that. But other than <laughs> otherwise, like, that. you know, Please stop doing that. God damn. <laughs> yeah, stop doing especially that. when, Oh, this is a rabbit hole here. When it's a yes. close game in the eighth inning, like most important game, oh, woo, let's do the wave. Like, a Southside tradition since like, yeah, 20. Terrible. But I yeah, mean, I, we all know who's behind it. I mean, if my sock summer would please stop starting the wave during crucial moments in games, I would greatly <laughs> appreciate it. Fucking guy. But I totally agree. Like, why would you want him to miss the play? It's not going to accomplish anything. No, I, I don't get that. I don't get that. And I think it was a, a friend of the show, Buzz, who hope Buzz and the fam's feeling better um over at on tap sports he tweeted out a poll just saying like do you want the the buzz or the white the buzz the white Sox <laughs> to miss the playoffs or you whatever and it was alarming the percentages because buzz's following is all white Sox fans buzz is very much a fuck the cubs love the white Sox type guy and i just clicked no and i wanted to just see the results and to see the results have been it was just kind of like off-putting almost and i think that's where guys like beef loaf and other guys like myself who put a lot of time and effort into constantly making content content and tweeting about this team and like whatever and all this stuff like that's kind of like what the fuck is going on here well, <laughs> type moment, because, you know? like, in baseball it's not like the nba where like in one and eight seed it's going to be a blow if you get in the tournament you got a yes. chance Especially with the amount of talent on this team, it's disappointing they've been. Like, they stack up pretty well. I mean, maybe minus the Astros against just about anyone in the league. And they've actually played better against above 500 teams this year. So Mm -hmm. you throw in an electric environment, a guaranteed rate field, and all of a sudden, you know, you got a shot. Why would, like, I don't know. I don't know why you, especially for the lack of playoff experience we've had the past 10 years, why wouldn't you want more playoff? Here's one word as to why the White Sox just need to get into the tournament. Pitching. When you get into these series, best of five, best of seven game series, you need three, four studs. With Lance Lynn figuring out whatever the fuck was wrong with him, you know, Kopech's doing his thing. He's solid. You know, one bad inning. We got to, we got to, oh, we're getting spammed again. Yes. 
69 <laughs> mega.com only putin didn't find girl with us oh my god this is awesome oh but see i mentioned my sock summer looks what happens in the comment section um but you got lance lynn shout out to our new i add yep that's our new, new sponsor. sponsor new sponsor um so <laughs> i guess going back to the seattle series so monday you go out and lance lynn takes a bump and it's like we don't know which Lance Lynn it's been all season. You know, it's been pretty bumpy for Lance with injuries starting the season late, no spring training. We didn't, we still don't really know what was going on. And for him to go into Seattle again, against a playoff team, a young team, a hot team with one of my non-favorite White Sox players on it. I mean, Julio Rodriguez, that kid is just special. And to go in there and throw seven innings, give up three hits, only one walk and 11 strikeouts. Big Papa Pump came into Seattle and did the damn thing. And the I, one of the things I love about Lance Lynn is his candor. The way that he he's no filter. He he doesn't bullshit. He doesn't give you the you know the cookie cutter answers to questions. They asked Lance after that game, like, "What was going for your night? What did you change?" He goes, "Oh no, I had the shadows." <laughs> and as soon, as soon as I saw I had the shadows going, I just started pounding their hands with cutters and fastballs up and in because you can't see that shit. So I saw I had the the the, the shadows and I just I attacked and I was like, yes, dude. Like I don't know. Well, hopefully you guys get some if you guys do win the division, get get in the playoffs, get some afternoon games, get some afternoon. Which they <laughs> they love to schedule the White Sox at the worst time when it comes to national yeah. games. But Lancelin did that. That was great for the pitching, you know, as I said, like you get pitching, you got Dylan Cease, who is just insane. Cause oh we didn't Can we talk about that game? Yeah. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to rewind a little bit. <laughs> we're gonna have to rewind. What's up, Jack? We're gonna have to rewind. Let's go in the wayback machine till Saturday, September third. Big game against Minnesota Twins. Dylan Cease. Oh my god. Pitch is an absolute gem. Just ridiculous job. You know what's cool about that, too, is like most guys don't want to be talked to. You're not supposed to say no hitter. He's walking off the mound in the eighth inning, pumping up the crowd. I love that. And I also don't mind because everyone's like, oh, they should have intentionally walked. That's what I was getting at. Like, why? (laughs) That's so stupid. He's like, if you want to get, you're going to get a no. Because then if he did intentionally walk him first off, you're going to have all the people, wow, he was like scared to face. I see. Yeah. That would have been immediate. Oh, right. He's scared to face a rise. It does like Mickey Mouse, no hitter. Like, you know, I want my, I want a competitor out there going and attacking the guy. He just made a bad so, pitch. It happens. So what young Mitch is alluding to is Dylan Seas took a no hitter into the ninth with two outs, faced the a great hitter uh, for the Minnesota Twins in um, fuck was it? Arias, who's batting, three, Arias. who's batting 318 for the year. A lot of the talk from, you know, even TV guys and people on Twitter was, oh, you should just walk him because the next guy up was some slapdick I never even heard of. And I'm with you, Mitch. I don't think he should have walked him. I don't think he should have just hit him. I mean, the perfect game was gone at that point. He was just going for the no hitter. Personally, I just would have threw him four balls, like not intentionally walked, but and he but. To Dylan's defense, 
the next day, Chuck Garfine asked him about it. He goes, could I have just buried four sliders against him? Yeah. Would I want to do that? Could I look myself in the mirror the next day after that? No. And I'm just like, exactly. I already, I already love, love this guy. And after I heard that, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. And Fidge, you make a good point. There's no such thing as a Mickey Mouse no hitter. I mean, Which, by the way, I, I'm not saying there is, but you know, know there's going to be the section of Twitter. Oh, that's for gonna sure. Be like, yeah. But like, even a year from now, people are just going to remember Dylan Cease had a no hitter. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to talk about it. But, anyways, Dylan Cease comes out, nine innings pitch, one hit. The other thing here, though, Dylan Cease, who oh, needed him to throw a bunch of strikeouts, only struck out seven in that game. So he wasn't even like, he didn't even like have his best stuff, but he was just placing pitches beautifully. Like it, it wasn't like a an overpowering win, but to go through that twins lineup in a game where this is a divisional race game and to go out there and do that, that was something special. Yeah, He got a lot of soft contact early in counts. So it's not even no. that he just didn't have a lot of strikeouts. Cause you'll see a lot of times with Dylan sees he'll get ahead in the count and then it'll all of a sudden be three, two. And he has to battle for because he'll try and like nibble around the edges. So it was yep. nice early. He didn't even have to get to that point where he needed to bury one because they're just making a bunch. They're swinging early and making a lot of soft contact. Yep. And he did mention that. And the other thing that's going to be forever overlooked in this game, because you know Dylan Cease deserves all the accolades from this game. Rami Gonzalez's first home run. Dude, is it Rami or Romy? Say? Yeah, is it Rami or Romy? Uh, I was Romy? just saying that as a smart ass, but like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Is it Rami or Romy? I think it's Romy. I always call him Romy, but I'm pretty sure it's I think Romy. It's Romy. Gene Honda, so. But Romy went three for four with two runs, three RBIs, had a home run out of the nine slot in that lineup. I mean, the other thing that's going unmentioned here is the White Sox put up 13 fucking runs that game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, whoa. And the other controversy, I guess, from that game was super douche, canoe, galore, Rocco, Baldo, bleh, Rocco whatever, douchey. Baldelli. Baldelli. He threw out position players in the bottom of the eighth. And we all know when you throw out a position player, like there's going to be hits. There's going to be a lot of walks, you know, whatever. They're just throwing BP, not even. And after the first position player didn't work out, he walks out there like a little league game with a different glove and calls in the whatever, the outfielder to come in and pitch the last. It's just like, Rocco, we all know what you're doing. He's drawing it out to fuck with Dylan's focus. The funny thing is, you can't mess with Dylan Cease's head because Dylan's a fucking nut job. All right? You think that mustache, he's not doing that to be like a cool hipster. Like, Dylan thinks that's, like, legit awesome. Do frisbee golfs. He's doing yoga. His mind is sharp. He's doing yoga. Rocco Baldella and his position players are going to phase him. Absolutely. And to Mitch's point, like, Usually when you see these guys with no hitters, it's like he's sitting alone in the dugout. No one talks to him, whatever. He, he's super hyper-focused. Cease is coming off the mound in the eighth, hyping up the crowd, throwing up the gladiator. Are you not entertained? He looked directly into that camera and said, fuck Beeflo, vote for me for Cy Young. Like he was just ready to go. And now with injuries to Verlander and some of these other guys, I mean, Dylan could easily run away now and win this Cy Young. The running. Be a very good thing for my wallet. But <laughs> it would his next two starts too, Oakland, and then if you go every fifth day, Colorado, gonna be his next two next two starts. So it lines up pretty well for him. Absolutely. And then to in the comment more section, strikeouts though. To uh, yeah, I'd love a lot I more. Guess would love a lot more right. strikeouts. Would love <laughs> some strikeouts, Dylan. Um, to a good, good, good friend of the program, Mailman Jack's point here. How good has Elvis been? Yeah. Because the wild thing there is, 
sorry, ESPN is just blasting an ad in my ear. Uh, the wild thing about the with the Elvis though is like the first time the White Sox made a move that made sense, and also like how fortunate were they to have their All Star shortstop go down, and to have Oakland just basically still continuing their their fire sale, getting cheap because he was about to come up to his plate appearance kicker. <laughs> and we're just like, yeah, dude, you guys go ahead, man. And it was there for the White Sox. I mean, the stars lined up. We, yeah. we mentioned earlier how, you know, like the, there really wasn't going to be like any change, no matter how disappointing the season was going to end or not uh, for the White Sox. But uh, I guess you can say kind of uh, Tim Anderson's injury that led to this, you know, g- gives uh, Rick Hahn a little more leeway. He's like, hey, well, look what I did. Okay. First off. <laughs> Two things there. One, Tim Anderson, as much crap as he's gotten this year, was batting over 300 before he went down. So, like, there's a lot of Tim Anderson slander. That was, that was a lot of, the, Number two, that was as far like as Rick Hahn goes, early on. his two best moves this year were the Johnny Cueto and Andrews, and he stumbled into both of those because no one wanted those guys, and they hit, like, Lance Lynn was hurt, so they had a need. Only guy out there available that no one wanted. So he stumbled into him. Not giving him a whole lot of credit for that one. The same thing with Andrews. He just happened to be available best option on the market no one else wanted him so like he's not i'm not giving him a time i was just i was just i was just trying to give rick a t- i was trying to give him a bone there so. right but <laughs> so to the big question though with the white Sox is you know as tim anderson heals and he's getting ready to come back tim anderson is still this white Sox starting shortstop mm-hmm. i understand that elvis is hot right now and i understand that tim and elvis have never played a major league game in any other position but shortstop now, Romy's been holding down his shit at second base. I like Romy. He's I like Romy. And he I, brings some energy. I believe Romy might be the guy next year. But when Tim comes back in mind, Brian, it's a no, no-brainer. You tell Elvis, hey, man, we need you to play second base. And the reason why I think that's going to work is because Elvis is a seasoned veteran in this league. He made a play, I believe it was Tuesday night in Seattle. There was runner on second with one out and it was a ground ball deep into the hole. And instead of trying to make the acrobatic throw to first place, which Tim Anderson 100% would Elvis threw it to third and got the runner with via tag out. Yeah. That's something that the white Sox have lacked. It was, it's such a, a simple, simple thing that it's like, you know, like little league, like this is fundamental baseball, but you can't, you could try to argue with me, but, 10 out of 10 times Tim Anderson's trying to do the Derek Jeter plan a foot. Yeah. Jordan spread legs, throw to first to get him out instead of taking the play at third. And those are the two big things he's provided that this team really needed. I think the offense has been a bonus because I don't think anyone expected he'd be hitting this good. He's just not an offensive guy, but he gave, he gives the white Sox sure handed defense. You know what you're going to get sound defender and a high baseball IQ, which is two yep, things yep. that we've talked a lot about this year that the white Sox do not do well. So immediately you know, they, he's done a lot of the little things right, and it's paid dividends. So I saw an interview with Fegan um, before Wednesday's game, and they asked Elvis, like, what to do when Tim come back? And he just said, whatever this team needs, I came here for one thing, and that's to win. And so whatever I can do to help this team win, I'm in. And to me, that's, that's a first-class player, that's an experienced guy, and that's also a guy that's just – wants to like legit win and that's the shit they need now when tim comes back you throw him at short you put elvis at second i think you keep Romy on the bench because you're gonna have the extended rosters by then and you already have him right 
in September. Oh yeah, shit, it is. Fuck, time's flying on me, man. But uh, so, who who was the extra guys you guys brought up already? Nothing too exciting. It was no. They sent uh, St. Rita's finest, uh, Mark Payton. He came up for a cup of coffee, went back down. Hmm. Uh, then Adam uh, Hazley. Hazley. He came up. I think they sent him back down too. They sent Foster down to activate Kopec today. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, is what it is there. But I just, I, it was very refreshing to hear Elvis say that. Like it was just, and I totally agree with you, Mitch, that the baseball IQ alone is worth its weight in gold with him. Now, although I actually, I'm curious to see what you think about this because you know I like to go outside of White Sox fandom for questions like this. Okay. Luis Roberts jacked up. All right. Came back a little too early with the wrist. Reheard it. And then. Uh, played hurt. Played hurt. Swung the bat one-handed. God knows why the fuck he was playing. Left for a little bit. Came back. And then gets beamed in the hand. Jeez. In the Seattle series. X-rays came back negative, so badly bruised. Like, he, he don't look like himself. He's swinging horribly. I'm starting to question myself. If Beef was right, we should have traded him for Suarez. <laughs> but Two I'm, bombs. Just, I'm kidding. But uh, I personally think they need to shut him down for, like, a solid. Like, for the regular week, season, at least. Yeah, maybe. Think. Maybe. I don't know about the full boat, but for at least, like, a week or two, man. Like. He just, it's, and it's not, he's not soft. He's trying to play through all this. He's just not right. And he's not helping the team. Now, with that being said, there is a faction. There's an idea being floated around White Sox Twitter of the White Sox using this extended roster to say, fuck it, let's bring up Colas and see what we got. Because right now you got two first basemen in the outfield and Eloy. You know, and AJ Pollock hasn't exactly been a, a wagon on defense, right? So at least with Colas, you get a late though. He's been he all right. He, yeah, he made that no. He didn't have to jump, jumping catch at the wall, and I mean, but with Colas, he is we, as we've mentioned countless amount of times. He's not a nineteen-year-old, right? He's like twenty-four, isn't he? He's been hitting absolute lights out in Birmingham, which is a very tough park to hit in. He's got a pretty good arm. He's a little bit more athletic than he's a better outfielder than Vaughn and Sheets, which I mean, that's I could put a glove on a potato and throw it out there. But I mean, do you do you give it a shot? You roll the dice a little bit. Uh, for the first part, I definitely agree with you. If because we saw it, and I mean, I think we briefly talked about it uh, when I brought it up to Kevin last week how when the Cubs would mismanage these guys, it's like they're clearly injured. They're trying to play through it. They're hurting the team because they're injured uh, for whatever reason. Obviously, guys are always going to want to play. You have to take that away from them. Like You have to do what's good for them, for the team. Yes. We saw with Luis Robert. Yeah, like he was still hitting the ball. Like, like I think I think it was during that Baltimore series. Like, he was still like hitting some yep. balls very hard. But at the same time, he looked absolutely just in pain swinging at other times. Yes. You can't have that. So definitely, like, I think the, for, the, for position players, it's 10 days. So give them the 10-day IL. Yep. At um, least minimum. With Colas, I mean, why the hell not? You you already like, done I'm all at. this. Yeah. <laughs> you you already done like all this shit throughout this year. And it hasn't worked. 
uh, for like, you know, the other interesting part about uh, Luis Robert, you know, remember in the beginning of the season, we we're talking about like, who's the five tool player on the Sox? Mm -hmm. You know, there's like the, t it was, is it actually Tim Anderson? But it's, we're like, no, it's Luis Robert. Cause you know, he's had the defense consistently. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't, I, now maybe it is because of the injuries. Uh, I mean, I, I'm guessing that this plays a, a big uh, role into it. But Luis Roberts' defense this year has not been good. I think he only has – he ranks like it now feel, like center fielders. I think he ranks like in the 30s. Yep. It's not the level in which he won a gold glove. That's yeah, no, really like, no, that's the thing. He, it's not like – he's like been like barely above average. Like it's not like, oh, he just took a step back this year. He's, he's just a good now. Uh, besides, you know, being elite, he's just been like kind of okay. Mm -hmm. Like again, maybe that is because of the injuries. Because again, he's had a whole bunch. Um, so maybe it's not like you're going to be losing a lot. Again, I haven't seen Colas play a lot though defensively. So who the yeah. hell knows how he plays? It's a big there. jump from Birmingham to yeah to yeah. major leagues. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's In why a playoff run, a lot of pressure. Big hell no, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. That is all. <laughs> Why? One of the okay. First off, the pressure point. You got one of the higher ranked prospects in the system, so he's going to have a lot of hype coming in. There's going to be a lot of expectations, unfair expectations placed yeah, on a guy that has played a couple months in Double A. Number one. Number two. So now you're going to be experimenting with the guy getting a first taste of action during the most critical point of just the season. Just for those ten days, though, Mitch. Yeah, just no. ten days, Mitch. Just ten days. <laughs> yeah, just and you know taste. how close the division is? Those ten days could decide who wins first place. It's like three games are separating the division. That's so, true. yeah, he's going to be busting around true. for a couple games and costing us at bats. Not like this offense has been great, but still, don't want to, mm. like, you know, next year just maybe. let's go crazy. July maybe, not the end of September when it's crunch time. That's number two. And number three, like, where are you going to put him? you going to take Vaughn out of the lineup? I don't think so. you going to take Eloy out of the lineup the way he's hitting? No, you need sheets at DH because we have like three DHs. So at least one of them is going to have to be DHing there. So he's not going to be playing there. And Pollock, as bad as he's been on defense, is our best defender right now outside of angle that like consistently plays. So the, where, are you, where are you putting him? The other part it's is a though, terrible like, idea. It's, it's, you know, what, what I does, it, I love it. I what does the White Sox front office think of like the, uh, like all the intangibles of Colas, like the, the mental makeup? They think he's ready. Is he mature enough to take that giant step? Cause I remember oh, back yeah. in, uh, what was it, 2019 when the Cubs were trying to, you know, get into the playoffs in September? Javier Baez, like I think September 1st or 2nd, goes down with a hand injury. He's out for like the next three weeks. They called Nico Horner, like the minor league season had just ended, I think. Uh, that was before, like when it would end at the first week of September. He's like on his couch in California. They're like, hey, you're getting called up. You're starting in San Diego tonight. And then he performed pretty well though, that final month in September. Um, but again, you know, they obviously we've seen Nico Horner the last couple of years. Very mature it's guy. You love the work ethic. A consistent guy who's going to show up every day. Yeah. Do they, do they have one of those less? things? I don't know. It's 100% one of those things where you're just trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And, I mean, they could easily call him up, let him play a game. If they just catch a bad vibe off it or whatever, just, okay, this maybe not. You know, thank you, Yankees. Fuck. Yankees just went up 4-1 to one on the Twins. The Guardians are beating the Royals <laughs> one to nothing. Um, How much did it hurt? Because, obviously, I mean, obviously I hate rooting, always I hate the Yankees, rooting for the I hate rooting for the, the Yankees. But the Royals, I mean, that's different. Well, the Royals just suck. Like, the Royals are like that. It's like a the kid that gets pecked last for, like, dodgeball at recess. You're like, oh, like, I feel bad for that kid. Uh, you know, like, come on, guys. I mean, they're losing one nothing to the Guardians. It's top of the sixth inning already. But, I mean, Yankees beat the Twins. We're tied with the Twins. 
There you go. I mean, it would be pretty sick if the Guardians would start losing. But I don't know, man. Like they're playing well right now, though. If they were still like looking like they did a couple weeks ago, where everyone's jumping off the ship, then maybe. Huh? I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I was going back to the Colas argument. Okay, no, stay there because that's. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be Colas. They got a, a kind of a, a couple options there, but I get what you're saying, uh, Mitch, about like where you're going to put him. Whatever. I mean, Sheets has been hitting really well. We were talking about that before the show. He's been in pretty good spots. Vaughn has been pretty solid too. Uh, Aloy's been tearing the cover off the ball. I mean, Aloy's been arguably the best. Hitter. No, it's still Abreu, but second best hitter on the team. I mean, he's hitting with pop too. He put up a second decker. The fact and... he's at double digit home runs and he's missed so much time this year. Imagine yeah. how many he'd have if he played a full. He's going to lead. He's going to be the team so leader in home runs. You got to have Eloy batting every day. It's just, I guess, defensively, it just worries me. Like they on Wednesday they rolled out that lineup, and I saw Vaughn and Sheets in the outfield with Pollock in center, and I just the first thing I thought about any ball in the outfield is a fucking absolute liability. So like so, is Adam Angel just had fallen off that much that you want no part of him? Anymore? I think it, I think it's a no. I it's not. I, I don't mind. And you know he he's still very valuable in a pitch runner. But I mean I forgot who tweeted it, and I'm sorry for not giving the appropriate credit. But someone tweeted out Adam Eaton is exactly what you think Adam Eaton is. Angle. 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 Fuck, he's eating. That's a Freudian slip if I ever had one. But Mitch PTSD. There. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Angle, <laughs> Angle. But it's he's he's a streaky player. Comes in spurts, and you know, and I think dropping that fly ball in Baltimore, I think that kind of fucked his psyche up a little bit. You know, I agree and like, with that. Yeah, and Fun. like that's why I don't think we're seeing a lot of them. And I mean, I think you know the White Sox, Cairo, all those guys—they're doing a pretty good job of managing it. That he got in pitch running situations. His legs are still extremely valuable to this team right now. It's not necessarily a very fast team, especially with Luis Robert on the shelf. So. I mean, that's where he carries his most value. But defensively, I mean, right now, I think he's a, a little bit of a head case and he's a liability out there. Okay, okay. But Fair. I mean, so you had the, the no-hitter. They, they take two or three in Seattle. The big win was on Wednesday when they went down. Now, the White Sox were down in this game. And I don't think I'm incorrect in saying that as little as two weeks ago when it was four nothing Seattle in the third, I'd probably go cut my grass and listen to the game on the radio or I'd be like, whatever. But for some reason it feels different now. And they were down four nothing. And the thought of like, Oh, this is over. Never crossed my mind. And then Eloy hits the upper decker shot in the top of the fourth and then they have the big four run inning in the sixth. They give up another run. And it went back and forth a little bit. They give another run in the seventh. And then they score one in the eighth, two in the ninth, and take the win. Mm-hmm. Oh, 69 mega. Um, but it just feels different. I don't know, Mitch. Do you get that vibe as well? Like Totally. I mean, I actually, I elephant in the room, I, you know, I got a lot of people saying like, oh, Tony shouldn't come back. Do you think it is Miguel Cairo that's turned it around, or do you think it's just coincidence? So, all right, let's open up that door, Mitch. Let's let's go down that road, bud. <laughs> Jack, real quick to answer your question, Copic looked pretty good. Um, I mean, not great. Went 
Uh, he only went four innings. Yeah, he went three and two thirds, gave up four hits, four in runs, two walks, four strikeouts. It still doesn't look super polished. It doesn't look, you know, like where he wants to be, but his first game coming off the injury, I'm okay with it. It wasn't terrible. Um, but yeah, all right, Mitch. Let's get into it. So this is a big topic of discussion. As we all know, uh, Tony Russa left the team due to medical reasons, has not been back with the team. Still don't really know too much about it until Kaplan tweeted out his bullshit. But as you don't know on this show, Kaplan doesn't really carry too much weight. Um, it's been Cairo's show. And the White Sox have, I don't know if it's coincidentally, have turned it around since Cairo has taken over the, the helm. Now, I, I want to say this, and I'm, I'll, you know, obviously, as always, you guys will say your piece, but I, I want to say this. Miguel Cairo didn't, like, walk into the locker room his first day and, like, hit the, like, hit the ball in the air button. You know I what think I mean? Did. Like, it did. But <laughs> what I will say, and I've been, and I said it about Tony during the season as one of my criticisms is I think Cairo just brings just this whole new wave of energy, man. Like I've, I've said it multiple times on the show, like I don't picture Tony in my head giving like a big, like the fire, like a fire, like let's get the fuck up type speech or like get these guys going. And then you see Cairo like post game, you know, pregame interview. Like he just, he has this energy in his voice and he's just, he's ready to go. And, you know, it's just, I don't, it, it definitely feels different and you, you can kind of feel that energy with the product on the field. And you're seeing it a little bit more with these guys because we'll use today's game as an example, Wednesday's game. When they were down 4 nothing a couple weeks ago, they do a like a dugout shot on TV, and it looks like a, a morgue. You know, but these guys stayed up, stayed energetic, and ended up winning a game. Now, would that happen if Tony was in there? I don't know. No one knows. For the people that speak in absolutes, like, how do you say that? You can't absolutely say that. You don't know that. It's just, you don't. But all that being said, if it was my decision, if the White Sox gave me a call like they like to do, and they asked me what they should do, I think Cairo, you tell, you tell Cairo this is his show now, and you let him finish the year. Because I don't want him doing things with the uncertainty of if I'm going to be the manager tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you need to just, you're at this point now where you need to kind of pick a lane because the players probably don't know. He doesn't know, you know, whatever. And then you got fucking Kaplan tweeting out like, oh, I talked to Bob Nightingale, another great source. And he's just like, yeah, they're hoping Tony still makes it back before the end of the year. No, no, see, that's the well, thing. Of course though. they're going to say that. Like, what no, are no, they, but that's uh, the thing. Yeah, we won't, yeah. Bob Nightingale. He knows. I know. He is like... <laughs> Like ninety five percent of what he does, we can make fun of. I know, but somehow he has at the end. He, he has socks. right, and so <laughs> I think it should be. Dude, imagine if the Sox fucking come back and like the last week Tony comes back and they and like, they just they they just lose the last. They just like the lose. It would be chaos. <laughs> and unfortunately, bad now. It would I shouldn't say unfortunately, bad. but if you look at the re- remaining White Sox schedule, they do have those three random games. In San Diego, Tony's currently the, yeah, yeah, the, Tony's before. currently in Arizona. 
because that's where his doctors are. So I can easily see that being like Tony just getting on the John Madden bus and for like the last two series, like San Diego and then Minnesota against the Twins. Yeah. I swear to God, if that happens and they go over six, <laughs> oh my God, I, I swear to, oh my God, I'm getting mad thinking about this hypothetical situation. But, but is it, but do you, th- okay, so I know I, you said what you think or what you want yeah. to happen. Well, hold on, like, hold on, hold on. Before you ask that, although, right. Mitch, what are you doing there? What What's your feeling on it? Oh, I, I agree with what you said. I, well, first off, it's what I, I don't want to admit, like, that's the reason. It's just like too convenient. Well, it, you know, Tony's gone. Convenient. It's but, like, convenient. All the evidence is there. Like he does. Like every time you see him, he brings. Like you said, he brings a ton of energy. You see him congratulating guys. He was like shaking around Gonzalez after he had the home run. He's yep. like he, so. There's a lot of energy, and I think it's that's that's the smart way to play. Let him manage till the end of the year. Tony, look, you need your rest. Just take the rest of the it's season for your own good, Tony. It's for your own good. For that's your the own way to spin it. Look at your grandkids, man. Yeah. You want to hang out with them, or you want to coach for you know twenty more games? Now, if you do that. Here's the here is the concern. I, I think Tony comes back the next year because I think he does still want a man. I still I still I, I just don't see that. I think he comes back as like a, a front office advisory role. Kind of that would be doing, ideal. What he was doing in Arizona, or he just, you know what, Tony, you're fucking on the like, not even on the back nine. You're on the last two holes of life, dude. Like, just play out and ride off into the sunset, bro. Like, enjoy your family, man. Yeah. Like, just relax, dude. Like. You're as John Snow, your watch has ended. Like just just chill out. Like, yeah. Socks clinch. Tony comes back for the playoffs. Oh God. No, because when if they don't make a deep playoff run, which you know I could see it going either way. I know I said just get in the dance, but let's say they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, it's just gonna be a shit show. And also, like, yeah, Tony, you manage exactly good for your health, but you can return for the playoffs, the most stressful time of yeah. the year where everything's ramped up intensity wise. That's and very true. Are... But I don't, I don't think anything's changed, right? I, I still think, uh, like, he's not coming back next year. I don't think he comes back next year. I really don't. He should, but stranger things have happened. I don't think he should have been there the first time they hired that, him. That's so, true. Would it shock me if he <laughs> came true. back? Absolutely not. That's a. <sighs> Pretty Mitch, you're bringing some valid points up today, but you're wrong about Colas. But anyways, <laughs> bring them up. I mean, I really think though, just for like peace of mind and confidence and everything, I think they just need to tell Cairo, like, "Hey, man, we made a decision. This is your show." Yeah, it's, it's like Tom Brady good. when Drew Bledsoe went down. There's that like Gene Hahn and be the backup. Drew Bledsoe is healthy. Tom Brady stayed in stayed in charge. Same thing would happen with Miguel Cairo. They'll have kind like Gene Honda. Example, you know, you get the, what, I know what you're saying. saying. I got what you're saying. Also, had, too. Not, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Let, just let me get this joke off, Mitch. Come on. My bad. My bad. All right. Let's see. Six, let's see. They'll just have Gene Honda announce it like mid game. Just be like, Tony LaRusso will not return to Manchester. No, because that'll be, it'll be sick how many, how loud the cheer goes up. <laughs> yeah. It, in my head, I'm just going to be thinking like, all these assholes are cheering for this old man to be That's sick. That's true. But oh, I'm go, Mitch. so bad. <laughs> Oh, that's a bad look. The, a good example of what this situation is is you guys watch that uh, show on HBO, Winning Time. Yeah, yeah. All right, you remember when the coach like fell off the bike and he got all fucked up and he was in the yep. hospital, and then they gave the other coach the chance, and then he was like, "I don't know, is this my team? Is it his show? Whatever." And then Jack Busey had to make a call, and he said, "All right," he gave it to the young guy. He's like, "Hey, this is your squad," and they went on winning the championship. Yeah, yeah. See, that's a much better example than the Tom Brady one. 
That's why, why, that's also, why I get paid the big bucks, Mitch. That's, that's right. The vet right here. <laughs> um, but with Miguel Cairo, too, not only the energy thing, like he's pushing a lot of the right buttons. Like today, putting Yuri Garcia in the pinch run worked out perfectly. That's a good the call. Bunt they had called, like, worked out really well. So never bunt. Ah, worked out well today. I'll never admit that. <laughs> um, and Fids isn't here to yell at me, so neener, neener. But, um, <laughs> Some of his bullpen moves have been like throwing Vinny Velo in the eighth on Wednesday. That was, yeah. I was a little yeah, nervous was, about Oh, dude, that. I saw that because I was like, all right, Sox have a lead here. I'll probably see Graveman, right? And then I'm like, wait, that's not. Oh, it's it's oh, it's Vinny Velo. It's Vinny Velo. <laughs> and he came in. He got a one, two, three inning, man. He got a Great, one, Miguel two, three Luke. inning. Yep. So but you know what? Enough of mop-up duty. I'll tell you where. Let's fix it up. Put you I'll in tell you where Miguel Cairo won my confidence full force was in that wild finish against Minnesota where guys are getting thrown at people. Was getting, I mean, I don't think it was, oh, yeah. there, but Rocco McDouchebag came out and Cairo got right in his face. And I mean, as a guy who I've seen a couple fights in my day, been a couple fights in my day, seen, you know, dude, I got Cairo. I got a hundred bucks on Cairo. Cairo oh, looked like he was going to yeah, like was... give him a two piece and a biscuit and put Rocco to sleep on that pitcher's mound. And Rocco's a pretty big guy. Yeah. But Cairo just looks like, I tweeted out, Cairo just looks like he can throw them hands. And woof, the way he charged out, though, and again, this isn't whatever. It is what it is. It's just facts. I don't see Tony getting out. Tony, like, I saw someone say Tony's already faxing Rocco an apology from the hospital. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Because we'll do that. Whole thing. Tony, though, he did. Mean, he had like that famous shuffle yeah. out of the dugout and pushed the Perez away from a Bray the one time. No, so. but I'm talking about the thing with the twins where they, it was something similar when they were throwing at players and he came out in the press and he apologized the next day. Yeah, no, that is true. That was the biggest bitch made move I've seen in a long time. He's like, yeah, no, they, they should have thrown at him. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what he said. Like, was I'll... asking for it. Let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, whatever. Cairo was up in it. He wanted yeah. all the smoke. And I, the best part of that whole scene, though, was like how everyone's in the dugout yapping. And then Lance Lynn threw his fat ass over the rail and everybody <laughs> yeah. followed him. Oh, like, it was fucking Lance some, yeah. I love but, that, though. And I don't care if it wasn't intentional. They're sticking up for their teammate. And that's like you know sometimes you need a, you need a little skirmish like that to bring everyone yeah, together. That was all, I loved it. We get hit so for, much. I'm sick of it. All like, we, we get asked hit for from this it. team all season long was life, energy, yeah. you know, whatever. And they're showing it now. And I mean, uh, Bennett, good Twitter follow there. Bennett Curry put up that Lance Lynn video with the uh, uh, fuck the I can't think of the music the name of the music right now, but it was just so perfect. Oh, I love that video. It's great. But so they win that series. So now we got to start looking ahead a little bit. So it looks like the Twins are losing right now, still to, in the Bronx. Game two with a doubleheader. Uh, where are we at? It is the middle of the sixth inning. They're still losing four to one. If the Twins lose, the White Sox are tied with them in second. It looks like the Guardians are still winning in the bottom of the sixth right now. So if they win and the Twins lose, the Twins and the White Sox will be tied, and they'll both be, what, three games back. Okay? Yeah. So looking forward now, the White Sox got to go into Oakland for four games, and Oakland is at best a triple-A team right now. But, and it's a huge but, like a Kim Kardashian but, they suck in Oakland. 
Yeah, strange things happen in Oakland. They just, I mean, I mean, it's the world's last dive bar, which that's a great company. You should it's look true. them up on Twitter. It's People fantastic. are banging up in the stands. Some weird guys hitting a drum the whole time. It's just yep, you got Dallas Braden sitting in the last row and like <laughs> almost getting hit by airplanes. He's so up high. Like it's just, it's weird. But I'm going to come back to this Oakland series. So they got four in Oakland. Then they get Colorado at home for two, which random. Then they got this one-off game in Cleveland, which is a noon game on a Thursday. And then they go to Detroit for three. Cleveland comes here for three. Detroit's here for three. Minnesota, they go to Minnesota for three. Then they go to San Diego. Again, stupid random scheduling for three. And then they finish the season home versus Minnesota. I think, I mean, obviously for the White Sox, that, that three-game series, September 20th, 21st, and 22nd, it's a Tuesday through Thursday versus Cleveland. I mean, that's going to be colossal. But going back to the strange things happening in Oakland, you know who I think is going to be the, the difference maker here, the X factor? We already talked about him. It's going to be Elvis, man. Revenge? Revenge game, well, Elvis? I mean, he knows the stadium. He knows, you know, whatever. Like, seasoned veteran like that, I think it helps. I mean, it definitely helps going into the series. And the White Sox are going to be rolling out. Uh, Cease on Thursday, Giolito on Friday, Lance Lynn on uh, Saturday, and Johnny Cueto on Sunday. I mean, they're coming in guns blazing. By all means, they should sweep the series. I mean, no excuse. Yeah, no excuse. Really good. Yo, like that's a great point. Same thing with Seattle. Like, and he even said he's like, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable playing in this ballpark because I was right. playing her a bunch, and it showed. Yep. So. Yeah, it showed. I think you keep Elvis in that leadoff spot for all four of these games in Oakland, yep. and I mean. Anything less than three out of four is a disappointment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. less than three out of four. Because on the flip side of things. If you split, it's like, fuck you guys again. Well, the yeah. next seven games, realistically, they should win six to seven. At least yeah. five of the seven. Well, and then you got Cleveland, who's going to Minnesota tomorrow. Or on Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In so who do Minnesota, you hope for there? They split. You hope for a split. Yeah, you just want them to beat the shit out of each other. Start throwing at each other. Rocco, do what you do, Rocco, and be an asshole. And start throwing at each other, get doing all that suspended. shit. Like, get all that shit. But then Cleveland gets uh, the Angels at home for three, that random Thursday noon game against the Sox. And they get five games, five-game series against Minnesota in Cleveland. Ooh. That's another one. Beat the living fuck out of each other. And then they come here for three. They go to Texas for three. This is a big series. Now, this next one, September 27th, 28th, and 29th. Tampa Bay comes to Cleveland for three games. Now, for those of you that don't follow the rest of the league, the Yankees are doing a choke job of historic proportions. I think I said last week, there's like, there's no shot. They're not going to win the division. Well, (laughs) and so. At this time, at the end of September, Tampa Bay could be very easily playing to win that division for a better seeding in the playoffs. So for them to come in to Cleveland for three games at that time is massive. Absolutely. Because remember, that's around the time when the White Sox are going to be going. San Diego. The White Sox are going to be playing. No, they're they're in Minnesota that time. Oh, Minnesota. And then they go to San Diego. But this is the thing that grinds my gears a little bit, MLB. Cleveland finishes their season with six straight home games against the Royals. Why? 
I, well, it's got to be rainouts. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably. And you know what? We had plenty of games against the Royals, too, and didn't take advantage of them. Right. So more power to Cleveland, I guess. And I mean, Mitch, you brought it up in the when we were talking before the show. You just kind of have to hope at that point, KC's got like their whole farm up and they're telling these kids you're playing for your spot next year. And they come out and just steal like three of those games. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It really is. And I mean, we've seen it before, but it's just. No scouting reports on any of those guys either. They're all like, hey, it's your first taste of major league. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. They're they playing for something. Especially for pitchers, like if you know they haven't really seen the pitchers, if there's like, right. they just throw out a couple guys out there to start. Yeah, have some kid come up there and start throwing fucking cheese, man. Hundred mile an hour, just Chad. I don't so know. The White Sox, I think I have. I think uh, going through that touch, I think was, they have twenty five games left. What do you think is like their magic number of wins to get here? Three, four, five, seven. Nine, eleven, thirteen. Are you just counting every W against the Twins and Guardians? No, thirteen, <laughs> fifteen. So, so if they win every series, it's seventeen wins. Okay, okay. That's, that's what you gotta be shooting for. I mean, yeah, let's go for nine, eight. Yeah, and then that's winning every series, like yeah. Let's see you guys at, I think, right at what, uh, 86 at, wins? Yeah, they're at 69 nice wins right now. So That's why that's why we got our new sponsor today, the uh, 69 Mega. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. perfect timing. Yep. I just want to know <laughs> why only Putin didn't find girl with us. Nah. Oh, does that mean, like, everybody can except for Putin? Except for Putin? Maybe, they, they, maybe they're pro-Ukraine. Well, this one says, have good time, find your love. Only Putin didn't. I mean, Mitch, I don't know your situation, bud, but if you're 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 a single guy on the prowl, I'm locked up. Oh, okay, fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. I didn't know, so fair enough. But I mean, just worst thing, pirate. Yeah, it's always good to have the farm system stacked. Exactly. Throw that in the back pocket, bud. You're young. (laughs) Uh, But it's wild, man. This team is just. I mean, think about that though. <laughs> like, think about where the White Sox. I think you brought up last week. Last week, Mitch, the what was like their preseason number? Like ninety five from Pakoda. Yeah. Right now, very conservative with their preseason. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. Historically, very conservative. And like, like the best teams. Like, yeah, maybe they'll win like ninety three games. And now we're talking about like division winners at like maybe eighty five, eighty six, <laughs> eighty seven wins. <laughs> now, do you guys feel the same way about? I just feel like Minnesota's just deflated. They're so yeah. banged up right now. And Buxton is like the engine that makes that team run and he's hurt. It's like mm-hmm. I just don't think they have the I, I they don't have the firepower, I don't think. And I I just I mean, I follow a couple beat writers for the twins, like and bloggers and stuff. Just I get the vibes from their tweets recently, like White Sox fans had like three weeks ago. Yeah, where you just you're tweeting like you just got punched in the dick, and people that think last... that the uh, White Sox have had injury problems like the Twins this year. Right. Good God, bad. That last series before the All Star break when they were at home, I think it was a four game series right against the Sox, and they lost three or four. I mean, mm-hmm. that was that just told me all of it. Like you, they had the chance, 
at that time to like really like stick on the mm-hmm. step on the White Sox neck, and they played like shit. And then they just go into the Bronx, and the Twins just can't beat the Yankees. Yeah, they, yeah, they're just they, they, just, beat they the can't Yankees. beat the Yankees. I tweeted out, I was like, I hope the Yankees just tweet this like or treat this like a playoff series, because they do it every year. I mean, Yankees though, real quick, your boy Joey Gallo is he laughing it up right now or what? You yeah, got the oh Yankees still floundering, and he's living large out in L.A. right now. What was the Yankees lead up to? It was up to 17 and a half games, right? Yeah. As the time at the time of this broadcast, it's down to five on the Rays and six and a half on the Blue Jays. Oh and that five God. is a lot closer there. And <laughs> to tell you, the Blue Jays are one of the hottest fucking teams in baseball, right? Boba Shet yeah. like woke up and remembered how to baseball. Because he's coming out hitting three bombs in a game and hit a bomb again today. Like he's I think that Yankees lead has gone because I think even last week or a couple before a couple days before uh, we recorded, I think it was still like at ten or eleven games. Mm-hmm. So that's just been cut in half in a week. So, so I think it was a couple weeks ago we were recording, and like every division was just a blowout. Yeah, and we're like the only division that's close is the AL Central. But right now, you got the Yankees with a five-game lead over the Rays. We all are very aware of the AL Central situation. Astros have won the West. I mean, they're up 10 and a half on Seattle. And then the next closest team is the Angels at 27 and a half. That's where we thought the White Sox would be at this point in the season. Yeah. But then another crazy ass race is the NL East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Braves yeah. have come back like a fucking rocket ship. And they're tied now with the Mets. Who have been excellent, too. Like, yeah, I mean... But that is just – I mean, Phillies are in third place in that division. They're 11 games out, so it's the Mets versus the Braves. But that is – I mean, that's that's going to be a ton of fun to watch. It looks like the Cardinals got the Central locked up. They're nine games up on the Brewers. Dude, the, the Brewers were in first place that's true. at, like, the trade deadline. Yeah. They got, the Cardinals have been playing amazing baseball. The Cardinals right. have basically – they had, like, a 14-game swing in a month. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, Goldschmidt, they got the Pujol story going on there. Nolan Arenado is playing to the all-star level that he should be. Their pitching's coming around. The the Cardinals are fucking Lars Good good Bar. Yeah, fake name. But the Cardinals are an absolute unit right now. And then the Dodgers are, they got a a slim 19 and a half game lead over the Padres in the (laughs) NL West. But dude, the Rockies are 36 games back from the Dodgers. That's insane. I mean, the, the Rockies are the Rockies are just like in similar position as the Cubs. Rockies, the Rockies have ten less. The Rockies bad. have ten less wins than the White Sox. Cubs, yeah, the Rockies are just wow. bad. Yeah, but they have fifty nine wins. I'm just saying to put that it. That is like, like yeah, no, that is yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate. That is very unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> when you put it into perspective like that. But just I mean, no plan now more than ever though. It is, um. Wild card or bust for the White Sox. I mean, division or bust. Yeah, there's seven games out of the wild card. It is. You don't win the division, which it should be that way, by the way. They they do have to make a wild card. With the Mariners and the Blue Jays getting hot, and then the Orioles still playing out of their minds, like the wild card is not even a thing for the White Sox. I think so. I think the way it's shaping out, if the White Sox, let's say they do come back and win the division, I think it would shape out. Would they play the Blue Jays in the wild card? How would that work? Um, Let me hear. I can. Because it would be Houston against the last wild card, right? Or do they do it by... Yeah. Yeah. So it would be Houston against... Would it be MLB.com that would have if the playoffs were today type thing? Yeah, they should. 
And why I'm looking this up, yes, Jack. This I we've spoke about it every week, and I know all those feeling on it, but I still love the Pujol story. If I'm being honest, I'm following that more than the judge one. Like that one's a little bit more interesting to me. Mm. I'm in the minority there, but like I really want to. I'm sure when I ha- like I've been hating on it, but I'm sure when he gets to 700, I'll be like, all right. I mean, obviously, yeah. we're talking about like one of the it's, greatest hitters of all time. So yeah, right. I'm not going to be it's, completely a sour puss on it. It was it would be Houston against Toronto, yep. New York okay. against the uh, Seattle, and then right now the White Sox would be playing Tampa Bay. Ooh, Tampa Bay. Okay. Who's been hot, but that's the White Sox have an uphill climb in the playoffs. But again, with the pitching that they have, and if this hitting continues to stay hot, I mean, why not? Well, that's the matchup that mo- that like some of the fans wanted last year, that they thought the, they'd match right. up better against Tampa Bay than Houston. Mm-hmm. Which they do, because Houston just... So... Yeah, you're fucking Houston, right? Just lose Carlos Correa. Do, does does not lose a stride at all. I'll I'll be honest. For me, anyway, I don't really care who they play first round. Like, just get in the tournament, bring well, on yeah. whoever it is, and let's go. Obviously, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, so let's get to your confidence numbers. It's, so last week we were way down. <laughs> Wait, we were way down last. Week. Way down. I think I was at a three. So you're I like was at, way down. I shouldn't. You're say looking at two point three five. I think you I, I was the one that was way down. Last. I was just. I was the. I was a defeated man last week. I was, Kevin still was at a six. I think. A Kevin and Kevin and Mitch stayed up, but mm-hmm. we were coming off of just getting swept by the fucking Diamondbacks at home, which I think those games are still going to come back to haunt us. And then there's so many that are going to come back. That yeah, one, the Baltimore true. drop. It's just well, Baltimore's good. Baltimore's a good baseball team. Yeah, All when Kansas you drop City a pop games. up with two outs and two like in the oh night, that yeah at okay. that one you're gonna yeah. be thinking back on the running Baltimore, into a triple play against I the Twins. For what it's worth, Baltimore would be in first place in the AL Central. Oh yeah, that, okay. Oh yeah, I, I do want to address this because Kevin keeps uh, every time I say that the AL Central is the weakest, he's like, "Well, no, it's the NL Central." The Cleveland Guardians would at best be in third place in every other division. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At best, at third, which would be the NL Central. And those are the facts. I mean, like it's, it's just, it is what it is. Milwaukee, who you said was nine out, they got 71 wins. So, yep. yeah. Right. I mean, the Texas Rangers have 59 wins. <laughs> the Angels that we love to clown on have 60 wins. Yeah, but like they, they should be, right? I mean, both with Texas and the Angels, at least there's some talent on those teams. Like, what do right. Colorado have? They got Chris Bryant. That's about, I mean, you know, there's really not a whole lot. You don't have here. to kiss up to Kevin. He's not here. <laughs> Chris Bryant, a former MVP when he's, he's on the field. No, he's good. He's just having a, a rough year. But, yeah, I hate to see these Colorado fans turning on him. It's getting ugly out there. Rough. All right, dude, year one. He's there for a while, guys. He's there for Buckle is, up, man. He's there that for move really made no sense for either side. No, it definitely like, did not. I mean, <laughs> I get No, it hit. made sense for Chris. He yeah, got paid. Closer to home and got paid. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, So confidence number-wise, I was actually thinking about this today because I knew you was going to ask. I'm boosting it up. All the last, I'm boosting it up 6.57. Okay, okay. Mitch, confidence level? Seven. You're you're like even, right? You're like at a five? I was at a five. Yeah, I'm at a seven. Nothing too crazy, but a little bit more optimistic. All right, I'll go back up to a five because they have been playing better. Cairo ball working. Cairo ball, maybe. <laughs> and Fitz is in the comments right now, but 
Rockies have a few dudes coming. They definitely do. There's a they got a first baseman. This told Michael told told something whatever. He's a switch hitter. Dude just hits nukes from both yeah, sides. They'll get the their ass kicked by the Dodgers either way. I mean, like yeah. the Dodgers are just ridiculous. That's, just, that's the thing. You can say that they have all these dudes. The Dodgers have as many or more. I mean, the, the, the Padres. It's like it doesn't matter. At best, right now, the Rockies are playing for a wild card yeah. in the next couple of years. Like the second wild card. And their management's bad. Like you think White Sox management's bad. Colorado, it's yeah. a whole, it's a it's, whole thing. It's kind of brutal. But, and I mean, when the Dodgers get Aaron Judge this offseason, it's really going to suck. <sighs> you both grown because you know it's a possibility. Oh, it's totally a possibility. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At this it's point, at this time. point, you can't not expect it, right? It's just, I, I'm sitting here. On September, whatever, eighth, depending on when you're listening. But I think Degrom <laughs> goes to Atlanta, and it's going to be like one of the biggest like treason moves of all time. And ah, yes. I think Judge goes to the Dodgers, and then Otani to the Cubs. I, I don't it. hate that. Like that, would actually, I could see both of those happening. Absolutely, and Otani to the Cubs, I would love. I'd love that amazing. for the show. I would love that for my friends. I. I would love that the White Sox only get to play him three times. I would love all that. How old was Glavin when he went to the Mets? Was he like at the end? Like way at the end of his career? I'd have to look it up. Because I think I remember him. I think he won like his 300th game against the Cubs and he was with the Mets. But I'm pretty sure that yeah. was like his final year, final couple yeah. years. But yeah, I mean, DeGrom still has like at least a few more great Dude, years. Dude, DeGrom is out there be... pumping 103 like it's nothing right now. That would be hilarious just outside looking at <laughs> Oh, I would I would love to watch baseball world burn New York. I mean, between the Yankees potentially blowing this division and then the Mets fucking they could be blowing the division too. Well now they're a half game up on the Braves, but they could be blowing this division too. And then to watch a generational pitching talent go to your division rival. Yikes. Yeah. That'd be so good for baseball, though. I would love every second. Oh, my. Yeah, that would be great. And then they face each other so many times. He's carving up. Not team. anymore. Not with the new schedule. I mean, they still face each other. They're still lot, facing but, each other. Yeah. But they don't. It's not like now where it seems like the White Sox play the fucking Royals every other day. But <laughs> uh, I do want to bring up one Cubs thing because it deserves to be talked about. Although Hayden was Nesky. Fellow ski, yeah. skeet, skeet, skeet. Mother. He was a pretty sought after prospect. You guys had some high hopes for him, whatever. He made his MLB debut, and kids showed up. So, what's your early take on that? So, go like going back to so he was traded for uh, Scott Efros, who's a like middle relief guy who for the Cubs, who mm-hmm. kind of came out of nowhere last year, and then this year was great again. And I remember when the trade went down, I was like, what the fuck? Because, again, it's like he, he is a little older. I think he's like 28, 29. But it's like a guy that you you don't have to pay for. You're basically a cheap reliever for like four more years. Mm-hmm. And like you're trading him all of a sudden. But it looks like at least so far. Again, it's only one outing, five innings. Fantastic innings. It looks like uh, Jed Hoyer did it again, boys. Uh, but this oh, guy, I mean, for at least now. That slider is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it, I don't know if you guys saw the highlights or not. I um, did. I love the. I I'm always a big fan of when they show like the family in the stands, and I yeah. love watching his family wig out and like. But I watched the highlights, and part of me wants to say like, I need to see it again because that could have been a lot of adrenaline going. Yes, but I mean, from what the early returns after one game, kid, kid's good, man. 
Well, that was the other thing. So, like, obviously there's the, you know, the initial shock for me, at least, it was, it was like, you know, they traded a guy that, that was very likable, very, uh, he would go on podcasts all the time. He seemed like a very likable guy. So it's like, fuck, I really want to root for this guy. Now he's traded. He's going to the fucking Yankees. Damn, that sucks. Yankees. But, however, it, there's a ceiling to that guy. He was, he was only ever going to be a reliever. You're getting a right. starting pitcher in return. Uh, everyone knew the numbers, the numbers were, uh, like good this year at AAA for uh, Wesneski. Uh, overall in the minors, he was like okay, but you know this year he started to turn around a bit. Uh, we ever, we knew that he was going to come up come up eventually in September, uh, and I remember his first start uh, in the minor leagues or yeah with the Cubs in the minor leagues at AAA. He went like <laughs> like an inning and two thirds. He gave up eight runs. He got rocked. He mm-hmm. walked like six dudes out, and we were like fuck. What do the Cubs do? But he's been pretty good after that. Obviously, he has the his debut, five innings, eight Ks, only gives up a couple hits. Uh, and again, it's just that slider. He just has an elite slider. The thing moves like all the way across the plate to the other side of the box. These guys have no chance. It reminds me of uh, kind of, uh, a little bit. Not like obviously it's not going to be the same. But like when Carlos Marmol was closing out games, like in 07, 08, 09 for the Cubs. That's a name I haven't. And of that slider years. was crazy. And that's yep. what this guy has. His other, you know, I think he throws a fastball and a sink or two. Uh, I think the all these new metrics that I've seen, you know, pop up on the timeline, uh, they're not so much in love with the sinker, I think. But, you know, for now, he's going to be able to get by with some velocity. And then that slider, we saw it against the – and again, it was against the Reds. Teams, you know, reeling. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it was, it, again – we have to take as many positives as we can because, you know, the Cubs only had like 57 wins. So <laughs> there's not sure. a winning that we get to uh, root for now, but that was at least one of them. Although, who would you have next year, ideally for the Cubs, starting five rotation? Oh, I saw that. So I don't know if this is going to be done because uh, maybe Otani. he's going to. Because I don't know if he's going to have to be included in the trade, but if, he's, if, if somehow the Cubs can pull this off. I saw this. I saw this top four. It was Otani, Stroman, uh, Steele, Wisniewski, and then I would add just like Hendricks as, as the fifth starter because he's still coming back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's solid a five starter too. Yeah, that's solid five guys. That's that's a big if. A couple wild cards there with Steele and I think Wisniewski, but. Yeah. Right, but they pan out. That could be. That could be. You got to think one of Steele or Wisniewski are included in the Otani trade. Perhaps. Oh, well, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, if, it, if it has to happen, oh, cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. that's yeah. the thing, though. They also have Keegan Thompson. They can add him in then. Mm-hmm. Easy. Then he'll be the fourth starter or he'll be in the trade. It's all right. Cubs, Cubs have some guys. That's why all this panic about the Cubs aren't going to compete until 2025 or whatever. No. No, like, they yes, dudes, they man. don't have all the pieces, but they have some. And again, as long as they fucking spend money. And free agency. No, they Cubs can got cut dudes. that timeline a lot shorter. Yeah, I mean that. I don't buy that timeline at all. Let's go, Kansas City. Let's first and second one out. Okay, there Sorry. you go. You live bet them, though. I should. Oh no, that probably jinx them. But <laughs> I just fuck. I'd be sick if they won. Also, another Cubs thing. Nick Madrigal last month hitting three hundred. See. Everyone was down on Nikki two strikes. I never abandoned my man. We we don't call him that anymore. He doesn't like that name. 
I don't care. I like that name. And he doesn't play for us. So, you know. It's better, it's better than fucking Nicky Barrels. I mean, doesn't ever barrel a ball. But, that's um, very true. He's hitter. coming around. I'm uh, very curious. The dude from Cleveland who came over, the big DH, Fran Mil Reyes. He's an animal. He's hitting 280s, slugging 500. He's he's only 27. That's cool. That, that DH guy. I'm surprised Cleveland gave up on him so quick. That man's a unit. Hey, I, he's having yeah. a bad year, but like I don't know who's taking those at bats from him, but I guess I mean yeah, they just for a team that has really. no power either. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, he was hitting poorly, but yeah, let's give away our biggest. I don't. Know. I think they were just like, uh, hey, that it goes back to like the expectation things, right? Like they were like, fuck, we're actually in this. I guess we can't just, you know, waste away this season. So, again, I I don't know who the who the those DH and like right field uh, at bats are going to, but I'll take it as the Cubs. Yeah, sure, they no, got I mean, a cheap DH. Well, guy. the Cubs got like you said, they got guys. They got P. Crow Armstrong, Brandon Davis, that Alcantara kid. Uh, pitching wise, the Horton. Uh, they still have wicks as a prospect but i yeah, know he's still i think he made it up to double a he's been good this year ben brown Wait, jackson mm-hmm. ferris like i mean they got ben brown that ben brown so as good as those uh, first two names was, alone ben brown supposedly there's a couple scouts saying that he was like the best pitching prospect that was traded Again, I don't know how true that is, but he well, had a great here, debut. Let's, I let's go to school Sam on Brown him a sounds bit. like a nice '70s, like soft rock <laughs> singer. So let's ben talk. Brown. Let's go to school on Ben Brown. Ben Brown is six six, two hundred and ten oh, pounds. Ben Brown. Huge. I thought you said Ben Brown. Uh, <laughs> his birthday is nine nine ninety nine. Love that. Love that. Kids. Uh, he's got a sixty grade fastball, fifty grade curveball, fifty five grade slider, fifty control. Overall, he's a fifty grade prospect right now. Um, what are the minor league numbers this year? Let's 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 take a look. He's with the Smokies in Double A right now. A. Uh, with playing it with two teams in 2022, he's got five wins, five losses, with a 3.41 ERA in 21 games. Solid, solid. Uh, 95 innings pitched, giving up 78 hits, only nine home runs. Uh, walked 33 guys, 134 Ks. Oh, read the innings again. In That's 95 95 and 35 innings. Yep. With a walk to strikeout ratio of 33 to 134. I mean, just the size alone. Sick. Like, yeah. That's Lance Lynn. Kind of a lot of walks, too, for That's true. 95 innings. Right. That's a big He's walks though. a lot of guys and strikes out a lot of guys, too, and we're still opponents, opponents are only hitting 218 off him. He carries a 1.17 whip. So. It's pretty solid, though. Pretty solid. Let's mm. think. The guys have some ammo for Throw some trades. Throw him in the uh, Otani package. Yes. D- d- give him all. <laughs> he didn't even have it. He's been saying yes before you even finished that sentence, Mitch. I am I am all on board. Like, but, Ben, but, Pete, Crow, Armstrong, if it's Brennan one Davis. One thing, though, that is a positive for the White Have fun Sox, in so, Orange County. Is their farm system has taken a significant leap forward this off this season. Yeah. I mean, with the development, Colson Montgomery's been the guy we thought he would be. I mean, Fizz has been banging that drum since they drafted him. I mean, he has been, he got into the top 100. Uh, he's, what's he doing right now? How's he doing in double A? I haven't looked. And then, I mean, Colas is, uh, I think Colas there is like that yeah. worry, right? Let's like, not talk like, about his double A stats. Oh, no, 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 Bring him up. What's, yeah. what's yeah. the big boy doing when he got to a real ballpark? Uh, well, he's only played eight games. 
Oh, okay. Oh, small no, sample size. So, so all you have to say is, is these are bad numbers, but small sample size. So yes, bad numbers, small sample size. He's bet he's slashing uh 129, 125, 161. Yeah, but let's oh, give him a small sample size in the most critical point of the season. So one twenty nine, one twenty five. No, no, that's Montgomery. Oh, okay. Mitch. Well, you know. Slow down with the fucking remarks. I see you trying to fucking <laughs> Say it again, dunk Mitch. on me. Say it again, Mitch. He's trying to dunk on me. Let's what's Oscar doing? Oscar's slashing. 312, 371, 576 in Birmingham with a 947 OPS in 42 games. And he's got 13 home runs. Because all the lineup protection Montgomery's giving him, they're pitching around (laughs) Montgomery. He's not getting anything good to hit, so he's getting all the meatballs. Let's be honest. They definitely definitely are no Blake Rutherford, but those are pretty (laughs) fucking good numbers. What's up, small? But, yeah, I mean – is Blake Oscar. Rutherford still with the Sox organization or not? He's in there somewhere, I think. Uh, I'm still scrolling down. I think he's Triple A, isn't he? So, no, he he's, he's, well, he's not in the top 30 prospects. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's like 26. Yeah, I mean, he is old ball. How's uh, Cespedes doing this year? Let's look at that. 262, 331, 444 with the OPS of 775. Yeah, let's call him up too. Decent. This is not going to go how you think it's going to go, bud. I think the thing though, Oscar Cole is is 23. I mean, everybody else is pretty young. Damn, Davis Martin's 25. Yeah. I not know. Suspicious is 24. Shit. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's time. I mean, one of those guys is going to be a right fielder next year. You know, you know, you know they're not going to spend the season. That is fine with me. Impressed during spring training. Absolutely. I just can't wait to see what this Noah Schultz kid can do. Well, that's still like years away. Yeah, I know, but people are pretty. He'll take over for Cease kid. when he get when he goes in free agency. Mm-hmm. Tanner oh, but quickly, uh, so wow, look at the nice little uh, Blake Rutherford story we got in the chat going. That's oh man, that's the dude. His mom was at the Apple Store. She was whining. He didn't get a fair shot. Wow, really? Oh, Sox gotta... organization strikes again. Well, speaking of, which, of speaking of which, speaking of which, apparently the White Sox ruined him for the next three teams he got DFA'd by. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here, Dallas Keuchel. God oh, damn it. God. <laughs> Fucking Royals. Why do you suck so bad? First and second, it. no outs. And the seventh with first and second. Taking too many notes watching the White Sox. Yep. <laughs> played them so note. many times. Like, I think this other offense is supposed to do it. Just strand him. Don't lose one to nothing to the fucking Guardians, please. Uh, at least the Yankees got out of trouble. They were. That's a were... Guardians victory if I've ever seen one. One yep. nothing. One nothing. The Probably like four singles. <laughs> it was like Why a fielder's that? choice that scored the run. <laughs> Why is Garrett Cole? Getting this, what did he do? What do you mean? What is he getting? So in MLB the show, they have a new feature this year where if a guy does something cool like Boba Shed hitting three home runs in one game, okay, he gets supercharged where his card is now a ninety-nine. And I just got a notification that uh Garrett Cole is supercharged. Ah oh, jeez. But did what did he do? Strike out like twelve more guys. Hold on, I'm just I'm pulling up the box. By the way, right again, now. it's great that Dylan Cease has made this huge jump. This oh year shit! Like... Okay, fourteen strikeouts yeah. in six innings. The Twins are struggling. It's bro. great that it's great that Cease has made this huge jump again this year. 
And I think it, it has been, it, it has gone uh, throughout the year because early in the year he was having big uh, strikeout games, but like throughout the year, I think he he has tried to limit the con or get more contact earlier in counts. Mm-hmm. So that's why we've seen his strikeout numbers go down. Um, but Dylan, we got some guys betting on you. Yeah. Uh, need need some love, Dylan. So be a little selfish. Uh, ramp up the uh, pitch count. Uh, I don't care if you only go six innings now, but if you get like 10 or 11 strikeouts, that'd be great for me, for Zoe. Would not others be, would not be mad Twitter. whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, bet, I didn't bet on Cy Young, so I don't, I don't really care that much about that. I just need the strikeouts. Cy Young helps the cause a lot, but That's the thing. The- you were smart. You were smart. You, you bet the Cy Young too. I had to double it down, but with all this being said, I'm about to die. So we're going to get into it. Take a deep breath, kids. It's time for the NASCAR Minute with NASCAR Minute. I mean, we should just play that for 60 minutes and call it a show. All right. I agree. (laughs) Take it away, Mitch. All right. This weekend, it was the playoffs. Playoffs. uh, Playoffs. First round in Darlington. Uh, Darlington is kind of a beast uh, of a track. They uh, call it th- their slogan is too tough to tame. Uh, and the walls <laughs> talk there, man. They do. First off, before we get into the race spot, yeah, uh, as you know, um, not a big Chase Elliott guy, but shout out to his car this week. They let a fan design it. It was some girl in the hospital, uh, that designed the car and it was like all these puppies and whatnot on it. So I'm like, all right, you know what? That's cool. That's car. Good story. Yeah, that's that's kind of dope. Yeah. Yeah. And the backstory was like therapy dogs, like helped her when she was like going through. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Good for Chase. Um, so race starts and they call it too tough to tame for a reason. This track is wild and it's a four hour long race. So you got to be focused the entire time because it drags at times, if I'm being honest. So Chase Elliott no. immediately stage one, uh, <laughs> he hits the wall, car destroyed. No one was near him. With the puppy car? With the puppy car. There's only one explanation for this. There's no oh, one near him. No, oh, no, no one near him. Car didn't break down. He's a pretty good driver. Just doesn't hit the wall randomly. He hates puppies. That's the only thing I could come up with. Wow. Another reason why you shouldn't like Chase Elliott. So Chase he's Elliott immediately hates out of puppies race. confirmed. Destroyed the puppy car. Um. So <laughs> that was that was a theme. I mean, it was kind of like an outlast and survive everyone. So uh, some we'll just go through the list of some of the contenders that they had there. Kevin Harvick, guy we we're talking about last week with the Bush Light car. No, that's Joey Logano. Oh, uh, <laughs> Kevin Harvick. He's going along. He's intent late in the race. You know, he's feeling pretty good about himself. All of a sudden, there's like smoke coming up in the car and it just bursts into flames, like in the middle of the track. He has to like fell out. Huh? Was he smoking? He might have been, for being honest. But uh, he bails out of the car. They, <laughs> it was kind of fun. Like, he, it was legit on fire. You see him like crawling out of there and he was pissed afterwards. They're like interviewing him. It's like NASCAR is making these bullshit cars that catch on fire every week. Like, I can't stand this. We're like, yeah, well, Kevin's going off. Um, so then there was uh, uh, Martin Truex Jr. He's a guy that just missed the playoffs, if you recall, last week by like two points. And he's been very that. good this year. He's been fourth in the regular season points because he didn't get a win. He missed it. But he's trying to show everyone. He's like, you know what? I'm still talented, damn it. So he's leading the race late. He, you know, he's having a really good day. And then all of a sudden, his car, his engine just blows up. And so he's out of the race. And he was so sad afterwards. I was, he was getting interviewed. And he's like, you know, we just had really bad luck this year. I don't know what's going on. My team, so it almost felt a little bit bad for Martin. You but... see this, although this kid's just laughing at this guy's pain. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get for driving a Toyota, like terrible. Oh, shots you know. fired at Toyota. Yeah. 
Although I guess it was the Ford that caught on fire. So that's not like those cars that great either. I guess so drive a Chevy like Daniel Suarez, who unfortunately for Daniel Suarez, my guy, he had to start in the back of the field because he failed pre-race inspection three times. So he couldn't qualify. Um, he had to start in last and then he was a lap down. He gets the lap back. He drives all the way up to fourth. So he's having a really good day and it's late in the race. So once again, so he's in a pretty good position. Then he kind of gets run into the ball by a toy or wall, excuse me. The wall is too tough to tame. They talk. Uh, he gets run into the wall. Car all of a sudden feeling a little shoddy. So he goes to pit. When the pit happens, Kevin Harvick's car caught on fire. So that's like bad for him because all of a sudden he's in the back of the field because it kind of ruined his pit strategy there. Then he sped off a of pit lane, got another penalty, had to start a lap down. So that essentially killed his race. So Kyle Busch, the guy with the good energy drink. We don't really like him either. His Toyota was pretty fast too. Now that's Kevin Harvick. He's the guy Damn that's caught on fire. Yeah. We're trying though. We're, we're trying. Getting, we're I'm getting trying. Out. He's up front, late in the race. There's not much time left. He looks like he's the favorite to win. He won stage two. He's been he's been good all day. His engine blows up. So uh, they're saying he might have missed like a gear shift, but it was like a yellow when it came out. So like, who knows? So all these cars just get knocked out one by one by one. Uh, and it looked like so late in the race. Um, Cody Ware hits the wall. Which if you're gonna do a drinking game, Cody Ware he's kind of a scrub. He just hits the wall randomly. Uh, Yep, sure. Why not? <laughs> but uh, you know, it's fun. I listen to like they have like radioactive. They call it each week. So you like they have like the radio clips from all the drivers throughout the week. So you hear them like cussing and whatnot on the radio. Sure, um, <laughs> that helps you. It um, does. So <laughs> each week uh, on this Imagine Dragons like radio clip, they have radioactive. Uh, it's like. A weekly occurrence, you'll hear like one of the spotters be like, oh, oh, caution's out. And they'll be like, what happened? The 51's into the wall. It just happens every week. It was the second time this race that he randomly just hit the wall. Uh, so they have like a restart. So Eric Jones is now in the front of the pack. He's kind of outlasted everyone. He drives for Petty GMS. Uh, he's a proud Midwestern boy. He's from Michigan. So he's got Denny Hamlin behind him, though. Another Toyota. Denny Hamlin's he's been pretty good. He's the guy with the team with Michael Jordan. So they're racing. My Eric Jones gets a good jump. Hamlin's right on his bumper. They had a chance to punch him out of the way, but Hamlin surprisingly raced him with pretty respectful. And Eric Jones held on to win. Kind of outlasted everyone, but good for him. Like I said, the Midwestern boy. He's not even in the playoffs, so kind of a playoff spoiler. Uh, so big race coming in Kansas next week. And I'm telling you what, some big J journalism is going to be going on. I'll be going to the race. Uh, so we'll get some we'll get some boots on the ground for Pinwheels and Ivy. Maybe we'll see Joey Logano. I'll ask him what he thinks of the AL Central uh, division race. We'll see if we can get BJ. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. But yeah, there you go. There's your NASCAR. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. I didn't even have that. Again. Corey Logano, by the way. Let's see if you can get him right. We have, you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> He won the poll and he was not able to hold on and qualify. So. I'm gonna laugh every time you say that. That's he won the poll. Yeah, it's funny to me. Just... So wait, did this guy even race? Yeah, he was out there. You know, he, he tried. You know, did he have a super cool airbrushed race suit? What I'll be it? honest, I don't know. The only time I saw him was near the end when he was getting lapped for like the fourth time. And like it was funny, it was like the last lap, and you see Eric Jones and Denny Hamlin having this battle. And then there's BJ McCall, like, oh crap, let me get out of the way. So you see him slowly moving into the lower lane as they pass him. It was just it was funny. Like that's Did the only he wave time to him like this. Huh? Did he wave to him like this? Like, see you guys. 
Nah, they're going by too quickly. He couldn't. He, could, he didn't have a chance. They wouldn't have seen it and anyway. This scary motherfucker. His car blew up. His car blew up, and then he was somebody. Out somebody died. <laughs> there is a dead mechanic out there somewhere. Because probably his car blew up. Because this well, dude. Scary. He's more mad at NASCAR, or because like this year's the first year that everyone gets the same car parts. Like, so you can't really cheat because back in the day, people would have these souped up. Wait, this guy has the same car parts as everybody else? Yeah, yeah, but their shop is just so bad they just can't put together the car properly. It's all about how you set it up. And I guess the way the Fords are setting it up, they keep catching on fire. And so, like, we know the problem. We want to fix it, but we can't get new parts for it because you have to go through NASCAR and there's a bunch of red tape. So, like, he's. It's a I'm picture. I'm sorry. I'm, this is how I'm taking this information. Like they, it's like giving a bunch of kids the same Lego set to like build a, a car, and some of them are like gluing the pieces to their face or like. It's like, dude, just put it together like everybody else. What the fuck? <laughs> Well, the other problem is, too, because he's not on a big team. Like, a lot of these guys, like the Chevy teams will all share information. Like, the Fords will share information. But no one's sharing information with BJ McLeod because he's, like, a non-factor out there. So, like, him and they're just kind of figuring it out on themselves. How much money does this guy have that he can just piss away all this money every week? That is a very good question. I'll like, do some, I'll, I'll do some yeah. BJ McLeod digging. I'll tell you what, next NASCAR <laughs> Minute, I'll have five fun BJ McLeod facts for you. I just want to know, one, how he got the money. We'll find that out for yeah, you. I'm just will, very, this will be answered next week. We will I'm, we will have very curious, fun facts um, for you. This dude has enough money to just piss it away. Yeah, dude, you brought out the porn bots heard you talking spicy and they just jumped right back in the chat. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I can't believe we got porn bots again. Uh so we're going into the bottom of the eighth. The Guardians are still beating the Royals one to nothing. In the top of the eighth in the Bronx, we got the Yankees up four to one. <sighs> Strabbing boys, it's gonna Second be a fun, place. fun next couple of weeks. One step at a time. One step at a time. Gotta get to second, then you get to first, then you get the khakis, then you get the women. Um. <laughs> so for NASCAR match, that's Aldo, Amzo, and this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a fun month. Like the next like two months of baseball is gonna be a lot of fun, one way or the other. I mean, they're going to be really happy or just fucking disappointed to no end. But the White Sox get knocked out. You'll have the NASCAR playoffs. Playoffs? No, I, got, I, I always got that going for me. Just like the porn bots, Mitch, I'm putting that <laughs> in my back pocket. But uh, we'll see you guys next week. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on a boy. Put it